Hi, I'm Randallin. I'm Jennifer. And we're people. Talking about people. People Talking People is a part of the Wonder Barn Podcast Network. You can check out all their other podcasts on travel, yoga, health, and business over at wonderbarn.com. That's W-A-N-D-E-R-B-A-R-N.com. Morning, Jen. Good morning. Excited to be here with you today. I always love it when we get together. It's the highlight of my week. I'm not going to lie. Well, we are going golfing after this, so that might be the highlight of my week, but yeah, you're pretty high up there. I agree. <laughs> I feel a little let down, but I totally understand. <laughs> On things, you probably wouldn't be the highlight of my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's funny that you say it that way, though, because we are talking about some heavy heavy stuff today, and I think that's kind of a good thought for this, is sometimes these are going to be... I don't know, we'll say tough and hard conversations so much so that you and I already decided we're going to make this conversation a two-parter right out of the gate before we even started. So part one, part two to follow next week, and we are talking very specifically about managing up. I, I think a lot of people are scared by the term or the ownership of managing up. Um, I know it absolutely terrified me the first time I like learned about this thing called managing up. I was like, it's very young professional. And someone was like, oh, you need to start managing up. And I was like, that feels wrong in every sense of the term. Like, no, that's not how this works. Um, so I think it is, it's a big topic. I think we got into the boundaries conversation and we were like, oh, we'll just do like a quick episode on it. And then it ended up being like, this whole thing and I want to make sure that I know we have a lot of younger professionals that do listen to us so that we're equipping them with kind of like the confidence and the information they need to start managing up if they're not already doing it. Yeah very well said I I agree I think it's a um, it's an interesting conversation that it's kind of like how I say delegation doesn't have to be a dirty word right it sort of falls into that where this is like a faux pas this is a negative or even that we're having this conversation because things are really bad. That's not even necessarily the case either, right? So we wanted to start off a little bit with what it is, why it's important, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how to do it today, just so that we kind of have a little bit of perspective around that. And I think this is going to be a fun one because I think even just between you and I, there'll be just a little bit of a different perspective or a viewpoint, especially on the well, on the what, the why, and the how, which I think is going to be really great. It's going to create some good dialogue. So with that said, Randallin, I'd really like to hear from you first, especially someone who's younger in her career and maybe even has only had a smaller handful of supervisors. So that's good because that means your perspective is going to be a little bit different. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about kind of what you think managing up is and if you want to segue a little bit into the why, that would be great. Absolutely. I have, I was uncomfortable with managing up for a long time. And I think I was most uncomfortable with it because I wanted to believe that whoever was above me was as invested in my life or my career as I was. So I had a hard time transitioning from like having parents who were going to go out of their way to do whatever they could for me to like 
further my education or passion or whatever to having a boss or a manager or supervisor who they're excited like they want to do what they can to keep me at that company but they don't necessarily care where I go when I'm there um they're not necessarily super invested in like what I want to be when I grow up or why I want to be that or how I'm going to get there they're usually pretty content that you're like there doing a job that they hired you to do (laughs) and eventually like you'll do more there because you're good at your job or whatever so it was hard for me to kind of wrap my head around the concept that now the people that I was reporting to or under like no longer cared about me in the same way that I was very used to uh growing up so it made me incredibly uncomfortable because I was like what do you mean I'm supposed to tell them like what I want to be doing well like aren't they just gonna like figure that out or like let me do it uh so it was very weird for me but I have kind of come to terms with the concept of managing up as like a realization that I will forever be the best advocate for myself, whether it's in my job or, you know, when I'm talking about autoimmune things with my doctor, like they don't know how I feel. I have to to tell them how I feel. I have to tell them the symptoms that I'm feeling, you know, what I think could make it better, what I want to feel like so that they can, you know, pull on their expertise and such. So learning, I think what made it easy for me was learning it across a lot of areas of my life. Like I could have a bad experience with, uh, you know, an airline. And if I never told the airline, like I wasn't ever going to get anything for that. Like it wasn't my mom's job to call up the airline and be like, you left my daughter stranded with no hotel and she had to spend the night in an airport. Like my mom loves me, but like, that's not her job now. Like if I'm old enough to go on a trip on my own, like I'm old enough to call the airline and complain myself. Um, So kind of learning that across all my areas of life helped me come to terms with the fact that like managing up isn't a bad thing. It's just another avenue for you to advocate for yourself and use your own words because nobody else knows what's going on inside your head if you don't tell them. I think your example of parent and doctor there are so spot on and perfect to help describe this. And as someone who's been a professional in the working world for, you know, 20 plus years, it's very easy to forget those very simple, basic examples that describe this so well. I think that's perfect. Um, The other thing, if, if it wasn't obvious to people as they were listening to everything that you just said, I want to kind of recap and summarize what you said, because I think your description explains this, frankly, so perfectly which is, and this is just, I'm making these words up. I don't have some quote or something like that written down, nothing fancy, but managing up is really not about you actually managing your manager and telling them what to do. It's about asking or telling your manager what you need. So it's not about, this is what you need to do to be a good manager for me. This is, you know, it's more like, here is what I need from you. Help me help you. That is like a little bit of a a shift in thinking for people, because I know it's really easy to kind of go, Oh, managing up means, you know, I got to tell my boss how to be a boss. And although there might be some of that tone within the context, and when we get into the the how and the when and all that kind of stuff, some of that may kind of come about, but it's really more about, here's what I need from you. And 
if you put yourself in the shoes, especially someone who's maybe had a number of supervisors, think of a supervisor that you've had that was really, really great. Don't be focused on the ones you've had that weren't great because that can be a more challenge, right? But think about even one that you had that was great. Even that supervisor, their job is, yeah, they want to have a great team. They want to lead their people, but they're being paid to do a service, right? They're being paid to have something happen. So they would not be there at that company if there wasn't a goal or an objective or something for them to be achieving that, you know, attached and on the, the dot, dotted line, the bottom line, the top line. Point being, they're not just going to show up every day just to say, my job is literally just to make sure that Randall Lynn is happy and performs really well. There might be some companies and those jobs where those exist. And that's kind of fun because, hey, then they get to be 100% people driven. But even managers who are good managers who are strongly people driven still have 60, 70, 80% of their job to be to complete this objective or do this thing over here. So to your point, they're not going to be, you know, oh, what do you need for me today? And how can I help you achieve your 10 year plan? And, you know, that kind of stuff is not necessarily the big high end objective. So you could get lucky and you could have a manager who, when you sit down in a performance development discussion, they say things like, Hey, how's it going with your development plan? And are you achieving your goals? And did you enroll for the uh, SATs or whatever, you know I mean? Like making things up here, but the point being that <laughs> they are not necessarily going to automatically be doing those things, but it would be very easy and very professional for you to come in and say, so per our conversation last week, um, here is where I'm at with my goals and objectives and then allowing them to kind of ask questions in that space. So that's when we get into the details, but it's really just shifting the thinking a little bit. It's really not, it's not about, I have a bad manager and I have to like, I have to manage them. They are horrible. I have to manage them. It's not necessarily that when we talk about managing up, you're going to have that challenge, but it's also being proactive enough to know that even when you have a good boss or good leader that you're under, Managing up is a really healthy thing and will help you to extend your career. And you can't just assume that, that Jen, I think you described it, it really well, you. that it's not necessarily putting the blame on them so much as saying like vocalizing your own needs, which I think we could have a whole other conversation on because most people aren't good at that. Um, which it might be what makes managing up so terrifying for some individuals is like, they don't, they've never had to vocalize and maybe we'll get really deep in this because of like the helicopter parent generation and like parents hovering and always like being there and doing whatever their kids need which makes it challenging for kids to be able to say I need you to not be here right now <laughs> or you know I need uh help. I need a math tutor because I'm really struggling with this project or whatever um but so my generation had helicopter parents and i think when i talk to my friends about where they're at what's going on they're like i could never admit to my boss that i need like a different schedule i'm like why what's what's wrong with saying hey i'm i'm not really thriving right now i know i can do better work i want to do better work is it possible for me to try x and see if that helps me do better work like this is how you'll know i'm doing better work and kind of like outlining those things and it terrifies people i've never i it it is like mind-boggling to me how this concept of vocalizing a need or 
a want to make you perform better is so like taboo in some places. That is an interesting way to think about it that I hadn't really thought of before, but you're right. It's very true. And it is a little bit mind boggling how it may be taboo in some areas. And that's probably just the culture of the company, maybe even the manager on the other end, you know, all of that type of thing. Um, but this is a good segue into that how component because you're hitting on some really good things already. So let's talk a little bit about how we manage up. And I want to frame this up with the context of this is going to vary from person to person. And this is one of those things where you have to try something, see what works for you. And not just that, you have to see how it's received on the other end, right? And that's the key. This kind of goes back to, do you have a good supervisor or do you have a not so good supervisor? Do you have a strong leader? Do you have a not strong leader? Do you have a happy manager? Do you have a sad manager, right? All this kind of context. So you'll have to test some things out, see what's going to work, um, and then use that as a tool to develop a habit and you know continue to flex that muscle so that the habit stays strong and you're always doing it on some level going forward. But starting with maybe what feels comfortable and what's easiest. For example, we already touched on like personal development conversations, those types of things. So we'll get into a little bit of that how next. Uh, I think that's going to be beneficial. Um, here's the last thing I want to say too, because I just mentioned like the positive versus the, the negative or the good manager versus the bad manager. Keep in mind, if you're in a situation where you feel like the managing up is literally like, I actually have to tell my boss what to do. Some of the context of what we're saying might not necessarily fit completely, but we'll try to touch on some of that as, as much as we can. Um, but when we get into the second episode too, we'll, we're gonna talk a little bit about when and all of that, and some of that will come out within there as well. So, but okay, let's talk a little bit about the how. You already hit on some of that, which I thought was really good, just kind of starting on that conversation. One thing I like to tell people when they think about the how is it really does need to go back to what is it that you even want and need just in general. So it's kind of like saying, I want to be successful. Well, that's great. What the heck does success even mean? Right? So you kind of have to go a little bit back to what it is that you actually need and you want from your manager and your supervisor. Cause how can you ask for something if you don't even know what you're asking for? Um, and I often see that even when I was a manager, I would see that with my employees a lot. They would just say something like, you know, I, I want to be promoted or it would just be very generic or general. Like, well, that's great. How are you going to do that? Like, I'm not the one who can make that happen for you anyways. So coming to me with these types of requests is fabulous, but you have to come with more enough that all I have to do is help remove some roadblocks, provide you a tool or resource, something along those lines. So help me help you. So when you want to manage up or lead up, you need to make sure that you are providing it in a way where they're even able to do something. Now, if it's just the situation where you just need an ear and you need them to listen, that's fine. You just have to clarify that too up front. So if it's like, what I need from you today is just to listen to me, fabulous. That's all you'd have to say. But if there is something you actually need, you need to make sure you know what it is and you need to bring it to them in a context where I they can actually love support all you the words that. that you just said. And I think I have caught myself, <clears throat> it's allergy season. I don't know if you can tell. 
I've caught myself a few times in conversations with oh, supervisors, here, managers, yeah. <laughs> bosses, whatever you want to call them, um, where I'm like just talking and then they they will ask a question like, so what do I need to do? And I, and it's like, oh, I guess I just wanted to like say this out loud and see if it makes sense. Like, I really don't need an action from you. And then they're like, oh, okay, absolutely. Yeah, everything you've said is great. Just like continue on with your train of thought. Um, so I think it is learning how to approach a conversation and being like really clear with some of those boundaries of like, I don't need you to take anything, like take any actions from this. I just need to know that I'm not crazy or um, like, I need to know that like, this doesn't sound insane. Um, especially when you're talking about like where you want to go in your career, it's like, I mean, I'm 20. So I look at what my career could be and I'm like, sky's the limit at this point. Like for all I know, in two years, I could decide that I'm going to become like I don't even know what they're called. Like someone who arranges flowers for a living, um, like a, a floral florist. Um, and I could like become the best florist in the area for all I know. But like saying that now, Jen, like that sounds insane. Like, am I crazy? Like, could that be a thing? I don't know. Um, so just coming into a conversation and whether that you want like a clear outcome or just like, validation I think being able to say like hey I want to run this pie by you like no action needed just like tell me how it sounds um takes a lot of the pressure off a conversation for your manager because when you come into a conversation and you start like talking about all these big things without any like clear line on where this is headed today like is this something we want to take action on or something you just want to get a response to it can be it can like throw them for a loop in not a good way <laughs> because then they're like oh my gosh what's happening like what do we need to do how are we going to fix this and you're like oh no like I'm just thinking about it um and then they like breathe this deep sigh of relief and they're like oh okay that sounds great. I love that. Like, let's keep thinking about it. Uh, so getting clear on that, I think is really helpful, both on from both sides, because then they're not, they're just listening to listen instead of maybe listening to reply or attempting to like problem solve in the same moment. Yeah, I think your clarity piece is really key. And what I want to tie in with that is the preparation piece. Uh, there is not, not only is there no reason you shouldn't be, but there's a million reasons why you should be prepping anytime you have a conversation with your manager or leader. I don't care how long you, you've been, been working with them, how well you know them. You should be taking a few moments prior, whether that's as much as five minutes or just one minute. What's the intent of my meeting today? You know, what's my agenda? What am I going to cover? What am I hoping to get out of this conversation? And just making sure that you're really prepped. And another piece of that that can be really helpful is lean on and pull on your own empathy where you can and stop and put yourself in their shoes. So if I am manager and my employee is about to come see me and I know they want to have a conversation around X, what is it that I need to make sure 
that they need? You know, what are they going to hear from this? What are they going to receive from this? So putting yourself in their shoes when you're kind of thinking through that preparation and the conversation and how you want to run is going to be extremely helpful. And not only that, if you have enough time, or if you're meeting regularly and you have an agenda, there is no reason you can't send your manager even just an email, a Slack, something in advance saying like, hey, looking forward to our call. Here's a couple things that I want to be prepared to discuss. Giving them that like little bit of heads up can be really key too, so that they're also just showing up prepared for the conversation. It's no different than, again, conversely, your manager just wouldn't say, we're having a normal one-on-one, see you next week, and then show up and go, oh, it's your performance development discussion, and we're going to talk about everything you did this year, and you're like, well, I haven't even thought about it, so how am I supposed to be ready for that? It's the same thing. So always put yourself in their shoes and be thinking a little bit about how is it going to be received? What are going to be the gaps in the information? What can I do to prepare? What do I need to give them in advance? Anything that's going to be helpful to that. make the conversation be the keyword the that most stuck with me that and that bit of information was like blindsided. Um, and I think of it similarly to feedback in a sense that like when you give somebody negative feedback and you kind of like blindside them with it, they take it in the absolute like worst wrong way possible. So anytime you can give like even a heads up or ask like, Hey, do we have time this week to take five minutes and talk about X or can we spend, you know, a couple minutes in our one-on-one discussing why, um, I think gives someone the impression that you're not trying to like scare them or jar them or like catch them off guard for a different answer or response. Um, so I love, I love that we've spent so much time talking about preparation and hopefully it will solidify like how important it is to both prepare yourself and the person you're talking to for the conversation you want to have. Yeah, so I've got two things I want to hit on based off what you said, and then I want to shift to a different scenario because I think there's one other key piece that's really important here that I want to want to get back to. So one is feedback. So you specifically mentioned feedback there, which is really great. And when we talk about managing up, this is something a lot of people ask me about is like, how do I provide feedback to my manager? You know, what happens when they do something that needs feedback? And my easiest and fastest and quickest response to this is the same kind of response that I would give for just about anything, which is, have you asked them how they like to receive feedback? Have you asked them if they're comfortable getting feedback? So just even opening the dialogue about opening the dialogue is extremely important. And I'm using feedback in the example, but fill in the blank. It's good for anything within there. So having some conversations around how you would even allow your relationship to be constructed and how you will approach conversations and what they need from you and how they like to receive feedback and how they like to be communicated to. Asking some of those questions are gonna be really key. It's no different than what we talked about in the beginning. Do not assume that they are going to sit down and tell you those things. And if they do, they did it probably right when you first joined the team and you've probably forgotten anyways. They probably said, here's the type of manager that I am and here's how I like to receive information. And it probably was really great at the time, but you hadn't worked with them yet. So you didn't like it just out of sight, out of mind in one year and out the other. It wasn't important until it was important. So don't be afraid to continue those conversations as well and be asking a lot of those questions up front 
to ensure that you are actually going to set yourself up for success as much as possible and you're going to make those conversations be as effective as possible. So I want to segue this um, a little bit into what happens if you have the type of manager who you're just not even really having conversations with. So here we're talking about a manager you already have a one-on-one -on -one with and you're already sitting down and having those conversations. What if you have a manager that you're not even having conversations with? So obviously I have lots of thoughts because I always do, but Randallin, like what just, what jumps out See, to you when I say that? Is there anything that honestly, just springs to mind? Honestly, the first thing I thought was like, I'd kind of love to have one of those, uh, <laughs> but I know that's the wrong answer on so many fronts. So I think I'm just going to let, let you, the expert, take this one. Well, I think it's important that you said that though, too, because um, first of all, there's a balance between all of this, the, the too much conversation, the no conversation, there's always going to be that happy balance and medium that can be a part of the managing up conversation as well. Like, can we possibly decrease the frequency of our meetings? I notice I'm not able to prioritize things as much. Do you think maybe if we didn't meet as much, it would allow me to use my time more effectively? These examples like right here even that I'm hitting on is this whole idea of using the process of questions. So here I already talked about like asking questions a bunch. Ask questions, use questions. There's something I like to say a lot and some people cringe when I say it and some people laugh when I say it, which is stroke the ego. Stroke the ego just a little bit, right? They, they are your leader, they are your manager. Sounds horrible, but it's true, right? Like stroke your ego a little bit, let them be the boss. So if you can ask a question that's maybe even leading a little bit to where you want it to go, but give them the opportunity to suggest the solution, they're going to love that. And most likely you're going to get what you want and need on the situation anyways. Um, so stroke the ego a little bit, but ask a lot of questions that will allow them to serve you more effectively. But really quickly, just if you are not meeting, if you have a manager you are not meeting with, you're not doing one-on-ones with, there is no reason that you can't facilitate that ask as well. There's no reason that you can't say, you know, it would be really helpful for me if we met once every two weeks for an hour so that I could share with you my wins, ask for some help needed, um, and talk a little bit about my personal development. Can we make that work on the schedule? Would that work for you? Ask the question, okay? So I could probably talk for days about questions, and I know that as we segue a little bit into um, how to do this effectively. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in part two. So I'm going to save some of that, that question asking component. But I just want to keep that in mind just really quick for everyone today. Like as you are thinking through what does it really mean to lead and manage up, it's about the conversation. It's about not being afraid to even start the conversation. It's about thinking a little bit about what's in it for them, what's in it for me, how do I put myself in someone else's shoes, think about how they're going to receive data or how I can better communicate something that I need. How can I be prepared in advance, think through how the conversation is going to go? How can I prepare the other person in advance by sending them an agenda and get them ready to go? And then what are those really great questions that I can ask that will allow those conversations to be super effective? And you should be writing those out in advance, be super prepared in advance and thinking through that in advance. And we'll talk a little bit more about all of that in part two. But as we get ready to segue off, for today is there anything else touch on as we the transition people aren't as privileged as we are to also have video in these podcast experiences so what they didn't see is me just like vigorously nodding my head to everything that jen just said so 
I love all of it. I'm not going to repeat it all because I think just like hit the rewind button for 30 seconds and listen to it all again. Um, but yes, Jen, I'm super excited for part two. I think we're going to have a lot of really tangible tactical things in there for people after they get past this like prepared phase of how to do it, why it's important, um, and the preparation in like what a conversation could look like. Um, and that's facilitation kind of tactics that we'll talk about next. So Jen, I think this is it for this week and we are excited to see them all next week. Yes, super excited. Well, with that said, head on over to wanderborn.com slash people talking people so that you can learn a little bit more about the show and check out other great shows in the network.